Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito Guerrero, and let's jump right into it. Um, First off, I hope everyone is doing well, everyone is safe and healthy in these COVID-19 times. A big shout out to all of our um, critical workers, essential workers out there, especially our medical staff and first responders and everyone else who are putting their lives um, more in danger than anyone else. Um, I don't know. uh, I feel the need to really call them out because we have other people, including myself, that are still going to work on a daily basis, right? But you have some people that are like, I deserve hazardous pay. And and don't get me wrong, if you're interacting with people, um, yeah, to an extent, you're kind of putting yourself out there, but you're not putting yourself out there like these doctors and these nurses and these EMTs and everyone else who are really dealing with the people that are 100% sure that they are sick and they're still dealing with them. So, you know what, don't go to work if, if, if you don't feel like you should, but don't sit here and say you deserve more money when these other people are not getting any more money and they're working ridiculous hours. Um, this is a time we all come together and do our best to, you know what I mean, um, support one another. So anyway, my two cents on that. Now, I'm going to try and make this quick, even though this could be an hour long podcast, but I thought to tell a, a prison story, right? And it's about one of the first times uh, I ever went on lockdown and it wasn't for the typical reasons, which are the whole, you know, um, melees and fights and race wars and all this other stuff it was actually um i was a captain's clerk working in the program office my celly was the housing clerk so we both were quote-unquote critical workers all this stuff but needless to say we were just going to work it was a regular day no different than any other um usually when something big is going on you to an extent you're going to know about it the higher up you are on the food chain the more likely you know about it but Usually some of the bigger things, um, a lot of us, especially lifers, would know about it. Well, we didn't know anything was going on. We went to work early. So they basically had like a 6 a.m. early chow for people that had to be at work early. And then like 6.30 to 7 was your regular chow. So we always go early chow. Um, I'm usually in and out. My celly would take a little bit longer. So I'd be the first one in at work right around 6.15-ish, right? So... He gets in there. We're doing our usual thing. He back back then. I didn't drink coffee. I drink a lot now, but he's getting his old coffee. You know, still waking up, and I'm kind of getting my day set up. We see a gang of cops come up in there, right? And so the program office. uh, Just so you guys know, if you haven't heard of my other ones, you know, we're talking. You got everyone up in there. Um, You got the associate warden for for the two yards. You got the. the sergeants, the lieutenants, the captains, right? And then a bunch of SNEs. And SNEs are basically your search and escort. They're the guys that um, walk the yard and go out and search the yard and stuff like that. 
And then you'll have like gooners come in there, the SNI search and investigation, like the task force for prison. They'll come in, but they have offices somewhere else. So needs to say, it's like usually if something big's about to go down, of course it starts there, right? But they'll meet outside of there because there's a lot of inmates who work in there. Needless to say, there's a bunch of them in there. And it's not like that in the morning. They're, they just aren't there. So there's a gang of these guys in there. And we're just kind of like, what? And next thing you know, they just start, they're going out, right? So we're like, oh, shit, where are they going? Because anytime they get all deep up in there is usually because they're going to go search somewhere they they got information they're they're about to go tear up someone's cell or a building or whatever it may be so they they start filing out right and so we're we're in the windows we're watching because we lived in three block at the time so three building there was one two three four five six there was three buildings on each side of the yard so it's 180 yard which means basically you got 180 degrees or a flat line and then everything bubbles out from there. So the program office is on the flat side. And then you got these two like Mickey Mouse ears where three buildings kind of loop around a circle on each other side, right? Literally kind of looks like a dummy version of a Mickey Mouse head. <laughs> so they they go walking around the track and we're just watching. And a few of them break off to one building and then a few go into our building and three building. And a couple go into two building and we're just like what the hell, and then a couple go into some of the other buildings, but the bulk of them went into one and three building. Now, one building is pretty much a, a lifer building. There are some non-lifers in there, but it's either lifers or people with a whole bunch of time. Um, that's where pretty much the majority of all the closed custody. So if you have uh, over seven years on your time, um, you're going to be closed custody. At least that's how it was when I was there. Which means that, like, after 8 o'clock, you have to be in your cell, locked up, um, and close A, which I was when I first got locked up for a year. Uh, at 6 o'clock, you got to be in your cell, locked up. Like, no more program after that. Uh, so it's just higher security, right? Anyway, so they go in these buildings, and real quick, see a bunch of white boys coming out in cuffs. So now we're thinking, okay, um, maybe there's going to be a a race thing jumping off and you know <laughs> so typically what will happen is like if the whites are about to, to get into it and maybe one of the white boys didn't want to be involved or thought it was stupid or whatever they just they didn't want to function on that level they'll drop a kite they'll put a note in the mailbox and that note the cops read it then it goes to the sergeants lieutenants everyone else and they assess and determine if that's a a, a real issue or it's bona fide or maybe it's from someone who's given them good information before or maybe they get a bunch of notes all regarding the same stuff then they totally work on it right so needless to say um you know if the whites were about to say go stab a bunch of blacks or whatever or get into it with the north Daniels, you know one or two or three or ten whites could have put in a kite saying hey you need to roll these people up because they're about to start shit on the yard so, that's what we're thinking at first. Then, and mind you, this is over maybe up to an hour period of time. Then we see a black dude come out and cuss. So now we're like, what? Wait a minute. Okay, maybe it was the whites and blacks and this was a black. But we're looking at the black dude and, and this dude, I don't know. He, he wasn't one of them guys that you kind of put as 
someone who's going to start shit. So now we're kind of thrown off. And the whites that are coming in are from all different kind of corners of the white spectrum, right? As far as like uh, affiliations and counties and all that fun junk. So we're kind of lost and they're not telling us nothing. They're, they're putting these dudes in cages, telling us you better not talk to them, better not do anything. So we're like, damn, man. And we're kind of asking them when no one's around. They're like, man, I don't know what the hell's going on, right? Next thing you know, they get them all up out of there. Boom. And usually when people are getting rolled up like that, they'll let them sit in the, the cages of dummy boxes, which ironically were right by where we um, had our desks and stuff, which to this day I'll sit here and go, doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless it's one of those things where they're trying to, you know, make sure that there's some level of, you know, inmate interaction to maybe, you know, if they have snitches inside the office, which when we worked there, not to my knowledge, but who knows? Um, but, but the whole, I don't know. It, it just, from a safety and security standpoint, uh, I would think those cages would be somewhere where the cops are, not where we're at. But anyway, so they put them in the cages and like real quick, they're gone. They're out of there. They're already taking them to the ad sec, which once again, it's usually a process. And I'm the guy who types up the lockup order. So no one's even told me to type anything up. So I'm like, okay, this is some, some weird stuff, right? Mind you, we're trying to probe around and figure out what's going on. No one's saying nothing. Everyone's telling us basically just stay where we're at. We can't go back to the building and everyone's on lockdown. No program. So we're like, whoa, what's going Like, they, they got everyone. Why are they locking it down? Needless to say, I don't know, sometime around lunch or whatever, we finally get word. It was a escape attempt. But we're thinking you got different races that were plotting together and how are you going to escape it's a level three so it's all cell living it's all concrete there's a fence and then another fence and then another two fences and then another fence and there's electric fences like the whole nine right so what are you really gonna do you're really gonna escape like doesn't make any sense right so needless to say um they locked the prison down and now they're searching like, they're searching everyone. And when I say searching, on a lockdown, when they search, they're they're tearing everything out your cell. They don't care. They're going to make a mess. They're going to get rid of any cardboard that you glued together to make shelves and nice little stuff, little drawers and stuff on your wall. They're going to get rid of any additional stuff you got. They're, I mean, I'm talking just bad. Like, you know, you'll keep little containers to keep your pink soap and stuff in that you might buy from someone yeah they're taking all that junk right so pretty much it's it's a you know um voluntold uh spring cleaning because they're going to come in and do it for you and you're going to have to clean up afterwards so needless to say we're on lockdown we get word and we're still coming to work because you know we're critical workers and everything so we get the word it's an escape thing right and we're thinking yeah right bullshit um ain't no one escaping out of here right here's a crazy thing <laughs> and and to this day i i'm like wow you know i was actually in a basically a maximum security prison and these guys really were trying to escape so check this out so we had what was called the hill because it was on a hill right so it makes sense that it's called the hill but Basically, all the prison industry authorities, PIA stuff, was up on the hill, at least for the most part. So, up on the hill, you had 
Lens Lab, you had Metal Fab, you had um, some kind of computer refurbishing, I forget what exactly it was, and, and a few other things, right? But the big ones, you know, uh, Book Bindery, they did books up there, like a bunch of books for, you know, um, State of California and some outside entities, but uh, Metal Fab did stuff for Caltrans and all this other stuff, you know, so they actually did a lot of big stuff, but you had to go through a strip shack which was basically a shack where when you go through you can only take your state issue clothes and your lunch bag and when you come down you have to strip naked and put all yourself through a conveyor belt through an x-ray machine kind of like at the airport put your clothes on on the other end grab your stuff and go back down now of course because we're you know these super criminals with all kinds of spare time to think up all the worst things in the world. You know, we we figure out how to do things. There's all kinds of things. Like, for example, you have maintenance and plumbing and all that stuff that are all basically inmates with some kind of free staff, right? So when there's issues going on, like say there's a plumbing issue, you know, they got those little electric golf carts and you'll have your plumber go around with the free staff and there might be two or three plumber dudes and, you know, maybe two free staff or whatever. And they go around and they fix all the stuff, right? Well, the thing is, is their shops are usually up there on the hill. Or or in a secured area, needless to say. Where there's tools and other stuff. So when you get up on the hill, the reason why there's all this strip shack and everything. Because there's all kinds of... We jokingly would say it's like you go through the strip shack. And then there's nails and stuff all along the floor. Why? That's how it is in the regular world, right? Like if you go outside of a warehouse... There'll be nails and all kinds of screws and stuff, which you don't even think about. Matter of fact, the only time you think about them is, I hope I don't drive over that and get a hold of my tire or a leak or whatever, right? But in prison, you don't see that stuff because those are all potential weapons and whatever else, right? Like, um, hell, we got a box of nails one time and it was one of the best sellers on the yard because you could make a hell of a weapon out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway... So up on the hill, that stuff's all over the place, just like it is out here in the free world, because you can't get it back. Now, don't get me wrong. Is that concerning up on the hill? Yeah, because if someone gets into it, like there's there's weapons up there, but there's a hell of a lot worse ones because you have access like a metal fab. Like they could literally make swords and stuff up there if they want. Um, but there's always checks and all that other stuff. Anyway, needless to say, there's tools. That's the biggest thing, right? And when people want to get something down off the hill or whatever, usually a good way to do it is through one of these maintenance guys or whatever, right? Because they can load the stuff up on their cart and then while they're out in the field, you know, the trick is getting it in their tools and stuff without the supervisor seeing it and then the second trick is unloading it somewhere where no one sees you do it it's hard but it's not impossible um so these white dudes like um they got a bunch of these grinding blades off of the hill now mind you this is over weeks we were on lockdown for three or five weeks i don't know it was it was somewhere around a month but the longer we're down, the more the cops are willing to talk about what they found and show us pictures and all this stuff. So we got a lot of the inside dirt that people in the yard didn't get to see, but they definitely got to hear it from us. But these guys got grinding wheels down off the hill, and um, 
they were using the grinding wheels to try and dig around the window so they could get out. So this was the first piece of information we got. And we're thinking, what the hell are you going to do? Even like how long is that going to take to dig around the window with a stupid grinding wheel, right? And even if you got through, then what do you do? You got all these fences you got to get through, not to mention the electric fence. And then once you get through there, it's like apartments, There, there's like, you got to get down to the main road. And if you make it that far, then yeah, there's like apartments and houses and stuff on that side. But on the back end, it's a hill and there ain't nothing for a while. And who wants to go through all that? So it's kind of like, what are you going to do? Right? So we hear more and more. Then someone says, well, uh, we found like a, a homemade wetsuit and we're like, Oh, what? They're like, yeah. A rubber suit. So apparently the idea was you put on this rubber suit or you throw this rubber over the electric fence so you could get over it without getting shocked. And and we're still like, okay, but first you got to make it over the other barbed wire. Not to mention, I mean, it's not typical like old school movies where you see like the searchlight going around. They don't do that. On occasion, they'll do it spot checking stuff, but they don't have searchlights going all night like you see in like the old school San Quentin stuff. There's just lights everywhere, and there are guards and towers that kind of sit and look around, right? Um, I will say that um, we did know, no one knew when or where, but we did know that the electric fence always had a section that was off. At least that's what the word was. Um, but who cares if you don't know what section it is? It's not like <laughs> you're going to make it through. Anyway, so now we got guys cutting around a window, and they got a freaking wetsuit but mind you they took guys out of like four different buildings so how the hell are you all going to escape right so it was more information came through that these were just people that were assisting which i was like now you guys are going to catch a whole new beef for an attempted escape and you weren't even going to escape you were just giving something up and apparently the black guy ended up getting let go but the 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 information was he assisted in, in getting some of the materials out to the yard because he was like a counselor's clerk or some crap like that. Needless to say, the story gets deeper, right? More time goes on. Now, these white dudes are all in the hole. Matter of fact, I don't remember seeing none of them ever again except the black dude that came back. But these dudes are in the hole, and now they're showing us pictures. There was an actual car that got left in the parking lot, in the visiting parking lot, that for whatever reason, and supposedly some of the cops got roasted on this because no one noticed it or did anything about it, but someone left this car in the parking lot with like a couple of grand cash in it and weapons. So in other words, someone drove up there on a visiting day, jumped in the car with someone else and left, and this car was out there supposedly for these guys, if they made it out, they jump in the car to get out. Wow. Right? Like, real real stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. That could have been misinformation fed to us by the cops. I personally never checked with the cops I had kind of on my payroll later on because I really didn't care. I would like to know if that's all true now. But these were the stories that were told to us. And I believe, for the most part, because those cops love talking about the crazy stuff that goes on. So needless to say, we went on lockdown for all this time. And here's the kicker. <laughs> so they're all laughing about all this. And I'm like, 
as they're giving us all this information, I'm like, you guys are laughing, but damn, they had guns out there. They had money. Like it sounds, oh, and they apparently had like a ladder that like kind of you feed one piece into the other. And that was going to be how they got over the fence. Uh, and they took that out of a cell. They showed us pictures of that. So I know that was real, but I was like, why do you guys think it's so funny? They're like, well, they were never going to make it out. And I'm like, well, I kind of figured that, but you said they had all this stuff. And they're like, no, 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 See the windows, right? So mind you, prison windows, I don't know. I could probably Google it and find out, but you know, they're, you've seen pictures all the time. Like the new windows are like really small, right? Like literally, I don't know, a few inches. And what I was always told was they're, they're small like that because they're smaller than a head, a basically a grown head can be. And if you can't fit your head through, then you're not going to fit the rest of your body through. Right. And it made sense to me like, okay, that's why you have small windows. So no one can ever, if they ever break the glass, they won't get out. Right. So they said, well, you know, there's a trick about those windows. And I go, yeah, I know you can't fit your head through. They're like, no, 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 They're like, there's plates that go out like 18 inches on each side. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah. So they were digging. They, they So supposedly, well, I, I did see this. So they had started cutting in this one cell in our building, in, in 13 building. I mean, sorry, three building. They started cutting, right? And it was, I don't know maybe half an inch deep or whatever but they started cutting around the window and they basically cut around i don't know four to six inches off of where the metal was on the window so the cops are laughing because even if they cut even if they got far enough down they would have hit the metal plate and they would have had to start all over again so the joke was even if they didn't get information these fools would have never made it because they weren't cutting in the right area basically because um, the metal plates actually go out, if I'm not mistaken, he said 18 inches, like a foot and a half in each direction. And then they're cemented in so that you can't just get out of them easy, right? Um, and these guys, so you guys know, it's not like they were cutting around and no one ever went in and saw their cell. They had like, you know, pictures and crap to cover it up. Kind of like Shawshank Redemption type deal. So yeah, so I guess my point is this. Um, to totally flip it around to current day, right? So here's the thing, right? Um, they were in a crappy situation, and not all of them were lifers. Some of them were, some of them weren't. My point is this. Um, for whatever reason, they weren't willing to take their responsibility in their situation. They weren't willing to deal with their situation. And they were trying to do something to basically get them out of their situation and it ended up causing them to be in a worse situation so now take that to where you're at right now you've been having to sit at home you want to go out you want to interact with people i know you're in a messed up situation so were they don't do something stupid that's going to potentially put you in an even worse situation to where you get infected or you help spread the infection to someone else or whatever just be safe out there y'all um, because trying to escape sometimes puts you in a worse spot, not in a better spot. Anyway, this is Tito. Hope you enjoyed this little prison talk on, uh, my first escape issue. Anyway, talk to y'all later. Be safe, be healthy. Tell people you love them. Tell them often. Have a good evening.